The Start On Demand. On demand. It was such bittersweet news to learn that quarterback Chris Strebler has been released by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to further pursue NFL opportunities. Looks like he's got a deal with Arizona. So we will pay tribute to the man who in two years became a legend. We'll also talk about the confusion that can sometimes pop up when trying to figure out where one neighborhood ends and another begins. Greg asked me yesterday, hey, is Kildonan Place actually in Transcona? And as someone who grew up in Transcona, I actually had to look it up. But depending on which map you look at, that's where things can get really confusing on the subject of where the boundary lies. And we found another reason to celebrate Manitoba winters, courtesy of someone who goes by the name of Frosty Face Manitoba. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's back next week. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, February 4th podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back next week. And Greg, I think you probably couldn't go anywhere yesterday without bumping into people who had the same reaction I did when you shared the news that Chris Strebler had been released by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which was... For me, I think it was something along the lines of, ah. Well, it's sort of an in-between reaction, I think. It's one of disappointment that Strevler won't be back with the Blue Bombers, but one I hope and think is of excitement for him and the prospect of him being able to go to the National Football League and perhaps build a career for himself there. So uh, you're, you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be in the wrong to be disappointed, I uh, would never judge you for your feelings in any way, but I think this is a really exciting thing for Chris Strevler and someone who was so integral, I- integral is the word I'm looking for, in the Blue Bombers ending that 29-year Grey Cup drought. Yeah, I think uh, it was... I think we all knew that Strebler was likely going to end up in the National Football League. He's a special talent, and of course, we wish him the best. I mean, the, we love that he was able to come up here and play in the CFL, but it's the the NFL. It's the big dance, and he's reportedly going to get his shot. Reports pointing to a deal with Arizona. So that's great for Strebler. But yeah, he was a huge part. He had such a big impact on the football club and the city. And and he was just so likable. And I know that we always enjoyed chatting with him here. And I know he appeared many times with Hal Anderson Afternoons. And he was always gracious and generous with his time. And uh, he was just a breath of fresh air. And then all the antics uh, in the postseason where there was the rally, the parade, the social, the, the the family event at the convention center. You know, he stopped to pose for a picture with me and Loren, and we were kind of giddy like school children. So, yeah, it was just a, he's a cool guy. And in two year, two short years, how that young man's life has changed. And how Winnipeg changed him, and Winnipeg was changed because of him, at least in terms of sports fandom and the celebrations that ensued following that Grey Cup victory will be legendary forever, immortalized on Christmas cards and and T-shirts around the city of Winnipeg. So uh, Chris Strebler's legacy isn't going anywhere anytime fast. Yeah, and I also just wanted to mention this as well because we didn't uh, really get a chance to do it last week. I mean, that's two quarterbacks gone in the span of a week. 
with the right. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They released Matt Nichols as well, so he could pursue other opportunities. And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge how how much of an ambassador Matt Nichols was for this community. As you may recall, it was back in October where uh, Nichols and his wife, Allie, donated $10,000 to the Children's Hospital Foundation to really help them push to the finish line for their efforts to get a new set of cinema vision goggles for the kids to wear when they go into the MRI machine. And we spoke to some kids who talked about how loud it gets in an MRI machine. Have you ever had an MRI? I have. I've had an MRI and it's very loud. It's very constraining in terms of the space that you have. It's a very difficult procedure to go through and I can only imagine what it's like for little kids. And one of the keys of a successful MRI for the images to be perfect is lying still. And that's difficult for most of us at the best of times, let alone when there's this giant magnet spinning around us uh, in this giant vessel making huge amounts of noise. So uh, absolutely, Matt Nichols, a a big part of our community for a long time. Him and his wife, Allie, in fact, named their daughter Winnie after Winnipeg, who was born here during his stint here in Winnipeg. So uh, zero disrespect towards uh, the Nichols family at all. Uh, as they, of course, uh, moved on last week. I know Nichols was massively disappointed about how things have ended here in Winnipeg. And that's unfortunate that things end the way they did Mm -hmm. with him. But Zach Kalaros is the quarterback of record uh, for the Grey Cup. And I think the Bombers had to make him their prime target and good on them for managing to sign Kalaros. I don't know if you know this or not, but the head coach, the, the team that... Uh, several reports last night indicating, as you mentioned, that that uh, Strevler will in fact sign with the Arizona Cardinals. Dave Naylor of TSN saying it's a hundred grand worth of money that's guaranteed for Strevler. There's not always guaranteed money for CFL players when they go to the NFL, so that's a big deal. And it's a hundred thousand U.S. dollars, not a hundred thousand Canadian dollars. Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach of the Cardinals, and he was Ryan Dinwiddie's backup in the 2007 Grey Cup game here in Winnipeg. Oh, my God. So there's a genuine connection there between the head coach and and Chris Streveler. I don't know if they've ever met one another, but they'll certainly have that in common. So, well, at 7.37, Breakfast with the Bombers, we have a highlight and tribute package to Chris Streveler. And at 9.06, we will talk about his legacy with Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com. Just as a, a side note to the comment you made about it's hard to sit still or hold still. I uh, <laughs> I would be terrible at an, at an MRI because I can't hold still. I couldn't even hold still for forty five seconds when we went to body measure. When they and they're going to be on Global News Morning today, but they uh, they did, you, they had that three D scan right. where you had to hold these two poles in front of you. All I had to do was stand still for. A th- I think 45 or 60 seconds. And at one point I found myself looking to the right <laughs> and it screwed up the scan. So they, when they sent me the image, which is kind of this rotating 3d image, rather unflattering image of, of your body. My face looks kind of like Max Headroom because it's blurry because it <laughs> caught me looking to the right. And then I realized, Oh, hold still McGarry. You can't even hold still for 10 seconds. You so. like shiny. 
I um, I hate. This is one of the reasons why I hate watching footage of myself because I am so fidgety. I I don't know. I think I'm just like a like a walking anxiety bomb at all times. I'm trying to sit very still right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually I'll, calming me down a little bit. Because I will tap my foot and I will get my leg going. And my nanny used to say to me, stop it. <laughs> and she had just that distinctive way of saying, stop it. Yeah. And and I knew what she was talking about immediately. And uh, I do it to my kids now. And, uh, you know, we were talking about Chris Strebler, uh this morning, yesterday, and later on this morning, but it looks as though the relationship between Dustin Bufflin and the Winnipeg Jets is about to end as well. Could end as early as today, oh according to some reports. Uh, Dustin Bufflin may end up on waivers this morning. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, reportedly, uh, two different sources, Frank Cervelli of TSN and Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, saying the Jets and uh, Bufflin's agent have come to an agreement to end slash terminate their relationship. It would it would mean the end of Dustin Bufflin, at least right now, as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. It would allow the Jets to pursue other opportunities, would open up that salary cap space, uh, but it would mean that Dustin Bufflin would effectively become an unrestricted free agent. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb back next week. Jeff Braun is here, Cam Poitras. Jeff Fortier, and right now we want to talk about neighborhoods and the confusion that can sometimes arise when people will ask you, hey, is is that street technically in that neighborhood or is that landmark? Like, what did you ask me yesterday, Greg? It was uh, about a mall. <laughs> I said, you know, they call it Kildonan Place, but is it actually in Transcona? Because in my mind, Regent and Lajemodier... That's sort of the beginning of Transcona, anything east of that. For a lot of years, I would have thought, now I always get Grassy and Plessy mixed up. <laughs> Plessy goes north-south? Yep. I, I always thought of that as the beginning of Transcona, but when I really think about it, where they change it from Regent Avenue to Nairn or vice versa, isn't that where the change should take place? I would imagine so, yeah, because it's Nairn on the west side of Panet and it's Regent on the east side. Side of Hold Panet. on, Panet, not Lajemodier? No, and Panet's what, one block over from Laj, right? Yeah. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Panet is the dividing line. So Panet now is where Regent and Nairn so traffic, traffic, traffic is so slow around there because everyone's trying to figure it out on their, <laughs> on their GPS. <laughs> like, that boy, could be what? it, actually. <laughs> I, I think Panet is the dividing line between East Kildonan and Transcona. But I I'd also think I think KP is not in Kildona. I think it's in Transcona <laughs> because they have. I mean, if you go into Kildona Place, they have all that stuff talking about the history of Transcona and that That's new part of point. the development. But is there a sign somewhere that says "Welcome to Transcona"? Yeah, but yeah, it, it's, it's far further, down region. It's way yeah. down yeah, region, Hello, right? Hello, Hello, neighbor, neighbor, yeah. Yes, it's a right in front of the Transcona Inn, right? The Canad Inn. I think yeah. it actually pops up a little bit sooner. I'm trying to. I, I should know this because I grew up in Transcona, <laughs> and I have been going back and forth to Transcona every day for the last few weeks uh, to see my dad. But I think it's closer to like between somewhere between um, Kildonan Place and uh, like the car dealerships. Hmm. Like I think I feel like as you pass the brick or, or even maybe even before there, but there is there there is a definitely a welcome to Transcona sign somewhere along Regent. Uh, but so you would think that that is the dividing line. But yeah, and uh, Kildonan ah. Place, I, I was never actually sure because I, I never really bothered to check. 
But it is, according to... And this is where the frustration lies, because depending on the map you look at... Yes. It's like, if you go to the city's website, they have it divided by ward. Yeah. Right? Right. That's not... That doesn't necessarily mean anything for those who live in a neighborhood. But in terms of finding neighborhood maps, I ended up Googling, I f- like randomly found the WRHA, the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, actually had a pretty handy map, which does show that Kildonan Place is in Transcona, whereas Grassy, which I had previously thought was in Transcona, it's in the Transcona Ward, but according to the neighborhood map, it's in River East. I found the sign. I dropped <laughs> onto the oh, yeah? Google map on the street view. And the Welcome to Transcona sign is right in front of that new hotel that they're building. Oh, it is? Okay. Just uh, maybe about 100 meters or, yeah, about 100, 200 meters west of the uh, Transcona, Canadians, Transcona. Okay, that's okay? right. It shouldn't be this difficult, though. They should yeah. have to, like, paint the sidewalks all a different color <laughs> depending on what neighborhood you're in. Like, all the red sidewalks are in Transcona and then all the orange ones are in Eeks. So well, everyone has their own opinion as to where... A yeah. neighborhood starts oh, and stops. Because for 21 years, whenever I sort of biff it in a news story, I get a call from someone in whatever neighborhood I'm talking about saying, actually, uh, that neighborhood only starts one block over, sir. So <laughs> You are way <laughs> off. That starts one block over. One of our listeners saying, I often blur the lines between River Heights and Tuxedo. To me, they're the same area. Folks from both areas seem to be really defensive about it. See, I think it's like, I think uh, Keniston. On one side of Keniston is Tuxedo, the other side is River Heights. That's what I kind of think. I think that makes sense. Yeah. When I lived on Taylor Avenue. Is that going to offend those people? Get, they're going to get defensive about it? That's, that's, that's what I, but that's what I think it is. I get a little confused of exactly where I live. Where does <laughs> North Kildonan end and East Kildonan start? We think it's McLeod. I know, that's where I live. I live like right on McLeod and Road. <laughs> on the north side just, of the street just, or the south just side of the street? North, just north. But uh, when I was going for my... Uh, provincial election i was yes. voting in north kildonan for the federal i was voting in east kildonan transcona <laughs> I, I can't help you yeah. jeff <laughs> so yeah i don't know well and here's another thing to, that's just adding confusion now because as i go back to this winnipeg health region community areas which i thought was like oh i guess these are the neighborhood dividing lines they don't have east kildonan they just have river east oh. so there's no north kildonan there's no east kildonan there's no elmwood but see river east isn't a neighborhood to me you know it's it's an accumulation of neighborhoods okay so there then that's that's part of the confusion cuz then now i'm second guessing the Kildonan Place in Transcona thing, because <laughs> clearly they've got Transcona listed as a community area so now but i i still i i i've always known it colloquially as part of transcona but I need to there I need to find a website that breaks down all the neighborhood maps. And if you know where there is one, please text it to us at two oh four seven eight zero sixty eight. Trust on this. Who are we gonna trust? Just because you put put out a map doesn't mean it's right. I found a I when I was looking for this, I found one uh, have you ever heard of a website called Hood Maps? Maybe. Well it was it it was, <laughs> I'm just going off memory here, but it was it broke down the neighborhoods uh w- with humor and it would say a lot of hipsters and beards <laughs> in this neighborhood. Yes. Uh, granola, I think, in Wolseley. So there was there was there were a couple of spots that simply said, "Don't go here." Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, if you know where I can find a map, a place that breaks it down by community, two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Jeff, you live in Charleswood. What do you think is the dividing line for uh, Charleswood and Tuxedo? Um, I think the Assiniboine Forest, like yeah. Chalfont. 
Right? Is that Chalfont? That just the, the first one. The, uh, like, <laughs> the that would be the general. first. The first. Like, if you're traveling west, would be the first. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. First street. And if you're going the other Charles way, Wood? like Shasbury, yeah. Sort of. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just sifting through the text messages now at 204-780-6868. You can weigh in. And if you can think of another street or landmark that commonly provides a source of debate as to which neighborhood it's in, let us know. 204-780-6868. Saints and Sinners tickets up for grabs at 715. What do you got there, Greg? Panet Road used to be the old Highway 59. This from Scott. That's true, yeah. Oh, so there you true. go. There's, that's why it's got the boulevard why. in the middle. That's oh, okay. right. I had no idea about that. I, I didn't did either. I. Wow, look at that. <laughs> We're learning all sorts oh, of stuff, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> what neighborhood is that mall in? Is that Transcona? Is it Elmwood? I don't know. Well, we're getting lots of feedback here. Brenda, for example. At 204-780-6868 says, I thought I lived in River Heights, but me and my 780-square-foot lovely Hobbit house are in Tuxedo. Woot, woot, LOL. <laughs> I feel funny saying I live in Tuxedo. I'm an OG from the West End, then West St. Paul. And see, that's, I think, where some of the confusion lies, right? Because we might think of a neighborhood as River Heights or whatever, but sometimes, like, the the overall encompassing the all encompassing neighborhood as described by the city, like I said, there's River East, but I don't know anybody who actually says I live in River East. They they've got River East that sort of swallows up a number of neighborhoods like North Kildonan or East Kildonan, uh, so or St James, I think like essentially gobbles up most of the the west side of the city even though you've got Westwood and you've got Crestview and all these sort of little pockets and then you can get down even further like within River Heights there's Crescentwood yep and i think parts of Tuxedo might actually be considered part of River Heights i'd have to go back and double check them and so it really depends on which map you're looking at whether you're looking at wards someone's suggesting go to elections manitoba they have maps broken down by constituencies but that's not what we're looking for here oh because i remember distinctly back in the day when i lived in the west end that was part of the st james constituency it ended at minto street a very strange arbitrary street in the middle of the west end everything west to St. James Street was considered part of the St. James constituency for provincial elections. And we all kind of, this is not St. James. Yeah. This, this is the West End. Yeah. And that's where a lot of these arguments uh, originate is about how you remember them growing up and your, you have allegiances to parts of the city, in particular where you grow up or, or where you live. Don, one of our regular text, texters says, this is a frivolous argument. Why are you guys <laughs> wasting time on this? Well, because no, we're, nobody's arguing that it's not frivolous. Yeah. But it, it, that doesn't mean that people aren't interested and engaged by it. And Melissa, of course, it all comes back to The Simpsons, Friends, Curb Your Enthusiasm, or Seinfeld. She brings it back to the Seinfeld episode. She says, this reminds me of the Seinfeld episode when Elaine tries to order the flounder from the Chinese restaurant, and she's not within the delivery area. The street itself is the boundary. Ah. So on one side... You are inside the delivery area, and on the other side, you're not inside the delivery area. And in fact, she she pretends to take up residence in a janitor's closet in an apartment building across the street, which is inside the delivery area, nice. in order to get this amazing flounder. Did she get it? 
I don't remember. She did until they figured it out. <laughs> really? When yes. they took it back? Oh, God. Oh, they came one time. They, hey, hey, this is, you don't live here. You live across the street. They took it away from oh. her. So keep that feedback Denied. coming. 204-780-6868 on the subject of neighborhoods, con- neighborhood confusion. Where is the dividing line for your neighborhood? It's Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. On the heels of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers releasing Chris Trevler to pursue NFL opportunities, and in the shadows of the likelihood, if not actual fact, that Chris Trevler has signed with the Arizona Cardinals, Brett and I thought we would take a memory, a walk down memory lane with our favorite Chris Strevler moments. say is man have you guys seen the great cup yet that's pretty awesome man that's pretty awesome there's a lot of guys that that when their career's over they still have a lot left to give whenever chris Traveler's career is over however many years or decades that is like he'll have given it his all he'll have given every last play he could give first and foremost i mean being a quarterback i mean throwing the ball is your first priority right i mean you don't want to run if you don't have to save your body but you know, if necessary, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to take off and run. I mean, Trevler, shotgun, has the ball, and he's going to run around the right end, cut it back into the five, and he's in for the touchdown. Chris Trevler, you could almost be guaranteed he would be keeping the ball on that particular play, and with 2.13 left, the Bombers go in front 29-18. to 18. Such a great team win, and... Just so many guys stepping up and making plays all around the board, all three phases. So um, just couldn't feel better about this team win. Tell me when you felt uh, you were going to be good to go and uh, close to being at your best today. Um, you know, uh, just a lot of work th- throughout the week with uh, with the trainers and with the team. And just I just wanted to be out there with my teammates. And all those guys are fighting through so much stuff. And, it's nothing extra for me to go out there and fight through whatever I'm going through. So just want to be out there and fight with those guys. They all fight extremely hard and play extremely hard. We got the best fans in the CFL. It's not even close, man. I love you guys. We love you guys, man. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Thank you guys so much for everything this season, man. How many beers did you end up drinking during that parade? Because we saw you stone cold Steve Austining a number of brewskis. I, I have no idea, but we were just chanting, like, need beer immediately, and people were just throwing us beers, and we were just slamming them, chucking them back in the crowd, like, I have, I lost count, I lost count, to be honest with you, it was, it was crazy. And are, are you going to the social tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah, I am going to be at the social, and everyone else should come to you, because it's going to be super, super fun. <laughs> there was a consignment shop that had, like, a, like a mannequin sitting out front, it was like, come buy the Straveler, 33% off the Bombers fans, comes with a free beer, and it was like the exact look that I was wearing. I thought that was hilarious. Thinking back to, you know, May 8, 2018, like how little I knew about Winnipeg, how little everyone knew about me, and then to look, you know, where we are now, Grey Cup champions, and, you know, the social media frenzy, and, you know, the, the bond that I have with people on that team, it's just, 
unbelievable to think that there could be that much growth and everything in two years, how much I could you know, fall in love with the city and fall in love with the team. So it's just been an unbelievable ride. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's over yet. So I'm, I'm, uh, I, I love it here, man. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, that's for sure. How did you and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers meet one another? Coach Lopolis was kind of talking to me almost immediately after the season ended. Um, and he just reached out and let me know I was on the neg list. And, um, you know, I really didn't know anything about it when he first reached out to me. But he kind of explained the whole process. And, you know, we had just kind of been in touch for, for the few months leading up to the NFL draft and all that stuff. And then, you know, once all that went down and, um, you know, I kind of weighed my options, I, I really felt like going up to Winnipeg was a, was a really great opportunity that I, that I couldn't pass up and I was very excited about. So uh, we were able to, to get, a, get a contract signed and, uh, and all that. So it's been a kind of a, a, a process in the making here for a couple months ever since my season ended. Now, over in recent weeks uh, on this show, Chris, we've spoken to a number of Blue Bombers from the United States who admitted when they uh, when they first heard of Winnipeg or the Blue Bombers, it was the first time they had heard of Winnipeg. What did you know about Manitoba before you uh, were brought up here for a tryout? You know, I didn't I didn't know much about Manitoba or Winnipeg, but I did know that it you know was just north of North Dakota, so. You know, pretty much if you leave Vermillion, which is where South Dakota is, you could just take Highway 29 pretty much straight north and get there. Now, Chris, uh, before we let you go here, one of the things that I noticed uh, watching some uh, videos of you this morning, and Greg referenced your height, 6'2", you're 220, so you're also a big guy, or in particular, you're a muscular guy. And with that short hair and uh, your beard, you kind of look like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> So if football doesn't work, do you, do you ever think about taking up the mantle of the God of Thunder in the Avengers? <laughs> That's crazy. That's, you're the second person in two days to say that. And I've <laughs> never really gotten that before. So I don't know what's going on, but hey, you know, if football doesn't work out, maybe I can find a career doing something else. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. I love you guys, man. And we're Grey Cup champions, baby. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. That's facts. In case you're wondering about the music that Greg put underneath that montage, it is the theme song for Thor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nice touch, Greg. I love that. Uh, I love that music. So. Well, I love the way that you connected with Chris Trevler right from the get-go, from that first interview back in May of 2018. And when you made that reference, I, I brought his guard down. He was always very open with us, uh, not necessarily guarded at all. But I think that changed the trajectory potentially of the conversations we would have uh, following that with Chris Trevler. So all the, all the best to Chris Trevler. And I uh, just want to read his statement on his time in Winnipeg. Thanks so much to the Bombers, the city of Winnipeg, and all the fans across Manitoba. I'm really going to miss it up there, but I'll be around. The memories and friendships made will last forever. Thanks for everything. The last two years, it was an amazing ride. And boy... No true words have been spoken. And once we know for sure that he has signed with a football team in the National Football League, we will let you know. Once again, reports are pointing to a deal with Arizona. (laughs) 
Another question, big question on the minds of many Winnipeggers this morning, Greg, is what the hell's going on with Dustin Bufflin? Well, speaking of 50-50 splits, it sounds as though we might be close to this. At least the split part, Scott Billick works for the Winnipeg Sun. He writes for Post Media as well and joins us now. Good morning, Scott. Morning, Greg. How are you doing? Doing all right. Are you just about ready for the saga to be over? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I think for, for most people, I mean, I, the whole closure thing is is probably what, what's needed in some form or another. I mean, it's, you know, this is going on about six months now. That, that it, It's been kind of up in the air what would happen with Dustin Bufflin. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of hope that he would return. And there's also been... You know, just hope that something would happen to 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 move along what 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 you know a, a largely unknown situation and that kind of happened yesterday. Um, you know, am I? I mean, I, I don't know. I, for me, it's you know, I was like anybody else, just kind of waiting to see what the resolution would be in this. And then obviously, you know, for for the Jets, it it, it doesn't it seem like good news. Um, you know, at least on terms of their on ice product, not getting a guy like Dustin Bufflin back is is. You know, it's a pretty big deal given what he could bring to the ice. Um, but, you know, it obviously, you know, it, whatever the situation, it, again, there's a lot of information that isn't really known here. We've heard little bits of what is, you know, true. And then at times, you know, some different reports have conflicted with other different reports. And so it's always just been kind of up in the air. And I'm not sure we'll ever get the full story on this one. Um just, you know, given the nature of Dustin Bufflin and his kind of reclusiveness when it comes to talking to the media and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, for, for a lot of people, yesterday was a, you know, a sad day, I think, for, you know, anybody involved, uh, you know, at least having some sort of resolution coming. I think people were, I guess, happy about that, too, um, just that some decision was going to happen. But, um, yeah, obviously, you know, it seems kind of split between people who are, you know, happy that I guess it's over and, and also sad that, you know, Dustin Bufflin is likely not to play another game with the Winnipeg Jets. You mentioned his reclusiveness. Have we heard anything from Bufflin in recent weeks or months? No, I mean, it, very little other than some of the reports that you hear. And I don't know those may come from, um, you know, trying to get in hold of, you know, Bufflin or his agent, even through his agent, uh, you know, those, it doesn't happen. You just, you never, you don't talk to the guy. Um, and even from you know both both sides were kind of clamped down after the arbitration, um, the the arbitration or the grievance uh, was filed. Sorry, and and uh, at that point the, the you know the NHL took over uh, or took the lead on it and stopped talking. Uh, you know they told the Jets not to talk, and uh, and I'm sure the NHLPA, from what we heard, also put the clamp on on Bufflin's side as well. Just you know you know. You know, it's like uh, like a crime once you know the police or whoever make an arrest. You know, at that point, it's you know the matter is before the courts and nobody talks, right? So it's kind of that type of situation where you know this matter was going to go to uh, an arbitrator and then and kind of nobody was talking. So um, yeah, yeah, nothing nothing new on on Bufflin's side, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if we ever do get that. Just depending, you know, does he come back uh, it, once he's released and his contract's terminated, does, does he end up making a comeback? Uh, you know, probably not this year, but maybe next year. And, you know, it, it just really depends on what he decides to do. And even if he does come back, you know, does he actually talk about it? Or, you know, does anybody, you know, from his camp kind of talk about the situation? And I think, you know, once, you know, we'll get the Jets side of it, once, you know, this whole situation is finalized, uh, what it seems to be in the next, you know, couple of days or whatever. But, 
um, you know, that'll be one side of the story and, and, you know, getting Buffalo's side may or may not, uh, you know, kind of ever come just kind of based on how uh, we, you know, we've seen him over the last, you know, I guess almost 10 years here. TSN's Frank Cervelli is the one that uh, reported and suggested that the Jets and Buffalo's camp are working toward a solution. Buffalo's 34 years old, by the way. Uh, this agreement would include termination of Buffalo's contract and the grievance that the defensemen filed in November, something that will be worked o- out over the next several days, according to Cervelli. Uh, what we do know is fact, uh, Scott, is that if this agreement was made it would free up 7.6 million dollars in cap space right. for the jets and that's important for what reason well yeah, i mean it's certainly for next summer I, mean, I think i think the biggest thing or you know this coming summer for free agency i think um you know the jets have you know whatever you want to look at the situation i mean this money has been tied up based on you know buffalo being suspended and not knowing um, what was going to happen with that money? Obviously, the Jets couldn't spend that money because if Buffalo would have won the grievance, then it, it gets you know tacked onto their cap hit. And so, if they were at or close to the cap, and then that puts them over, there's lots of penalties involved and that sort of thing. This allows them to do uh, a couple of things. One, you know, it's been reported that you know they're looking for a top four defenseman. Now they have that money, or when once this you know eventually gets finalized, they will have that money to go out and. And spend that if so choose you know like essentially you know they can bring in a big contract or whatever it is because they'll have the cap space to do it. Um, I, I think the more important thing is coming this summer when free agency opens up and this team you know looks at its back end and looks at who's on the on 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 the free agent market and then wants to go out and and sign somebody they're going to have an extra seven point six million dollars to do that on top of you know some of the money that they're already likely to lose when when Dmitry Kulikov's contract comes off the book and you know depending if they're buyers or sellers at the trade deadline any other money if if they do end up selling maybe a player or two uh, at the trade deadline but i think the biggest thing is you know july 1st comes you know th- there's now cap certainty they they know how much money they're going to have and um um i think yeah i think that's the biggest thing because they they, they need to be able to go into free agency w- with you know, with, with that financial backing behind them that they can actually, you know, improve the team. Scott Billick, thank you so much for this. Scott Billick, Winnipeg Sun, Post Media. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Billick, B-I-L-L-E-C-K. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back next week. Here's the release from police that came in yesterday on February 1st. 2020 at approximately 10:50 p.m. Members of the Winnipeg Police Service responded to a report of a customer assaulted inside the Fort Richmond Liquor Mart. The victim and suspects left prior to police arrival. Officers were able to meet with the victim, a 67-year-old male, who advised he attempted to intervene in a theft of liquor when he was struck with a bottle, causing him to briefly lose consciousness. The victim suffered minor injuries and declined medical assistance at the time. This investigation is continuing by members of the Major Crimes Unit. Anyone with information that may assist investigators is asked to call 204-986-6219. That's 986-6219 or Crime Stoppers at 204-786-TIPS. And that is an example of, I think, the growing frustration members of the public have, Brett, with seeing brazen thefts, uh, whether it's at a liquor store or any other retail outlet, 
People are stepping in and taking matters into their own hands. Manitoba Liquor Mart employees are represented by the Manitoba Government Employees Union. Their president is Michelle Goronsky. Michelle joins us now. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, as always, for taking some time with us, Michelle. Um, What has the feedback been? We know that there have been multiple attempts to reduce the the number of crimes, the amount of crime, the type of crime happening at liquor stores, uh, including at least two locations which have advanced uh, screening before you even enter a liquor store. You have to prove who you are in order just to get past the, the front doors. Are those measures working? Actually, first, I would like to say I'm very grateful the gentleman is doing okay, and my heart goes out to him and his family. I'm so glad no one else was hurt or injured through this. I will say that it is working. The controlled entrances are working in the liquor stores that that have them uh, installed. We are calling on the government to ensure that, you know, the rest of them are installed ASAP. And the public are saying to me, that's it's not a problem you have to be 18 to go in anyway you have to have your 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 identification with you to prove your age there's nothing wrong with making sure that everyone is safe i know from talking to our members they are you know they are very happy that the controlled entrances are there they say that the crime rate is dropped dramatically they're feeling much better about being able to do their job and provide the best shopping experience they can for the public that's coming in through the doors and the public are happy with it so i'm calling on this government it is their responsibility to make sure manitobans are safe whether we're working or whether we're shopping and it doesn't matter where you go across this province right now the crime is climbing we need to get you know this government needs to get control of it and they need to do it asap there are two locations that have these controlled entrances so far. Tyndall Park has one, and then, as Greg mentioned earlier, there is the one on Portage Avenue, uh, right across from where our radio station used to be at 930 Portage, just west of Arlington. When are they going to install more of these? We don't know. I understand from MBLL they are in the process of working on, on some more of them. We don't know exactly how many they're doing right now. We, I do know that Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries themselves are working as quickly as they can to get the controlled entrances installed. Uh, and again, you know, it's up to this premier, it's up to this government to ensure that they're supporting MBLL in providing the resources necessary to make get this done ASAP. And then they need to, you know, we need to start looking around at the rest of retail in Manitoba. It's not the retail that is responsible for providing safety. It is the government that is responsible for it. It is this premier. And I beseech him, please get on this. The crime is climbing. It's now getting dangerous to even walk into a store as a customer. We need to get control of this. They need to be responsible for this. A written statement from MLL yesterday says this. We will not be sharing information regarding security measures, which could include details about specific initiatives, including where they are, when they will be deployed, or any measures of their effectiveness. We remain committed to rolling out controlled entrances to Winnipeg Liquor Marts with the goal of having all installations completed over the next few months. Uh, The media has been accused, Michelle, of fueling uh, these thefts to a certain extent uh, by this organization. Uh, I'm talking about Manitoba Liquors. Why do you think it's important that we keep the pressure on and and continue to have this discussion about what is happening uh, in our community? Well, and I, you know, again, crime is climbing, and you know, with social media, you know, it's not the media that is 
that's that I feel is responsible for this. Anybody, anytime you can go on Facebook, you can actually see what is going on. You can see that there's products for sale. So again, this government is responsible for the safety of Manitobans. And, you know, these brazen thefts are not just happening within the confines of the perimeter. They are going across Manitoba. I know Selkirk, Steinbach, Carmen, you know, Portage La Prairie. The crime is climbing everywhere. So we can't keep our heads buried in the sand and pretend this is going to go away. And eventually we're going to get, you know, we're going to have this all in place. The government needs to step up. They need to step up now. They need to make sure that Manitobans are safe. We know that the controlled entrances are working. Why aren't we working as fast as possible then to get them everywhere that they need to be? Let's work together. And again, I know I asked the Premier, let's sit down. I'm willing to work with them. I I represent the members in the liquor stores. I represent other folks across the province. I'm also a consumer, and I understand what it's like to be fearful to walk into any store. I've been in Polo Park where, you know, there's a group of them are coming out with bags of stolen product. I, as a consumer, I'm going to have to pick up the tab for that. So let's work together in making sure that we're moving forward and stopping the crime in Manitoba. We need to be doing everything we can. I'm up here in Dauphin where they're closing a jail. We can't close jails. We need to make sure that we are looking, you know, having a place for the criminals to be going to so that we get them off the street. We need to make sure that there's programs in place to be able to help folks. This isn't a one issue. It's a many issue. But the first that I see coming is the safety for Manitoba. That has to be paramount for this premier and this government. Michelle Garonski is General Employees Union President, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much. We enjoy the, we appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Stay safe out there, everyone. And of course, the news yesterday. That's facts! That Chris Streveler. This is ridiculous! Is heading to the NFL to pursue further opportunities, likely Arizona. We heard, we've heard reports that he has inked a deal uh, with Arizona. So once we can confirm that, we will let you know. But uh, yeah, he is, he's leaving town a hero, Greg. No question about it. And uh, the celebration continues, at least with us here on 680 CJOB. And it did yesterday at bluebombers.com with our next guest, Ed Tate. Good morning, Ed. Morning, fellas. How are you? We're doing really well. It's bittersweet, this uh, retrospect of uh, the two years that Chris Trevler uh, spent in Winnipeg. But I think it's fitting because he was a part of something incredibly special. And the way he does his business and the way he's conducted himself with the public is going a long way in stretching and expanding that legacy. Yeah, I think, Greg, that's a really good way to put it. You know, a lot of people remember... Chris Strebler for, you know, the, the Grey Cup party, the Grey Cup parade and his, you know, the, the fur coat, no shirt, cowboy hat and all that stuff and the way he celebrated and, you know, just a young guy having a lot of fun. But even before that, before that sort of legend, you know, took another chapter, uh, he was a guy that just handled himself very professionally. Remember, he was a straight out of college kid who started his first game in 2018 and, and just handled himself like a pro and was a real good teammate and I don't think there's many people here in the building uh, at uh, Investors Group Field or any any Bomber fan that isn't happy to see him get his shot in the NFL because uh, he certainly deserves it. 
And it's funny, too, you mentioned uh, the, the rally and whatnot, and this is a guy who was seen, I think I used the term stone-cold Steve Austining as a verb. He was <laughs> shotgunning beers throughout the whole thing, and he gets up on stage, and he says this. I'm lit right now. You're all lit right now. This is amazing. And uh, no one really batted an eye because he's a 25-year-old kid. Well, at the time, he was 24, and he's just having a party, and uh, we were just celebrating along with him. Yeah, exactly, Brett. I mean, um, look, not all of these guys were even alive the last time the the Bombers won the Great Cup before this year, including Chris Strebler. So uh, just imagine, you know, I think he was just partying like the rest of uh, Bomber Nation, so to speak. And, I, I, you know, I don't think – I know some people thought it was a bit excessive. I thought it was fun. Uh, And, you know, I think he did it in fun. And – and it's just part of sort of his November folklore, right? It was that that is on top of what he did in the Grey Cup, what he did in Calgary in the West semifinal, what he did in Calgary in his last regular season start. You know, there were some heroic performances by him there too. And I think that's why so many people cheer for him. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, just kind of one of us, and he assumed that role very quickly. Uh, we had him on the program uh, 10 days after he signed his contract. Before he'd even stepped foot in Winnipeg, he was prepared to come on the radio with us and have a chit-chat. We played part of that this morning, and uh, he's just been become a special person to us. So let, let's uh, fast forward, or at least look at what we're anticipating hearing, in fact, uh, maybe at some point today, that Strevler has, in fact, signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Unless you can confirm that for us right now ed no i think that's a let's just say that's a 99.9 percent accurate report right now until we hear it from the cardinals like you guys said earlier but i think that's the expectation he's going to sign there and and, and tsn's uh, dave naylor reporting the idea that it comes with some guaranteed money one hundred thousand dollars that's u.s dollars just talk about how important that is uh, versus the the money that these players make in canada because sometimes it it looks like a ton of cash but there are other things to take into account when american players come to canada to play in the cfl in the financial realm yeah so there's two components to that greg first of all you you the the signing bonus money is important because it kind of shows an NFL team's commitment to you. You have to remember when a guy goes down there, they've got no, you know, they're signed. They signed you because they're interested in you, but they've got draft picks. They've got other players that they're looking at. There's no ratio down there. They just, you know, you're another body once the training camp starts, unless you're, you know, a high draft pick. So the amount of upfront money shows a level of commitment and the hundred grand signing bonus is a, is a lot by, CFL to NFL standards. And you add that on top of what the NFL minimum salary is. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but I think it's in the 400,000 or 50 range, maybe even more. It's been a while since I checked on that. So that's a pretty good chunk of change. And it's a lot more than he was making up here. And let's remember, this is a guy that grew up in Illinois, played for the university of Minnesota, then South Dakota. You know, it's everybody's dream down there to play in the NFL as much as he came up here with, and was, uh, you know, really open to to playing in the CFL and learning his game. I think everybody that grows up down there wants to have their shot in the NFL, and now Chris Trevler is getting it. Do you think that he would be used in a similar fashion that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers used him when he was the backup and not the starter? That's going to be an interesting thing to watch, Brett, because uh, I think his timing is perfect because everybody is fascinated by what, the New Orleans Saints did with Taysom Hill. 
this kind of athletic quarterback that could run, catch, throw. And I think that that's what the Cardinals will try to do with uh, with Chris Strebler because their starting quarterback, Kyler Murray, is only five, listed at 5'10". Most people think he's 5'8 or 5'9". So they want to protect him in short yardage uh, situations. And, and you've got a uh, coach like Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury who uh, is pretty creative. I think he's, you know, it's intriguing to see how they might uh, use Chris Strebler and what kind of packages he might be in offensively. We love uh, always the the connections back to Winnipeg. And before we let you run, I was going to bring up uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Maybe for those that don't know his connection to Winnipeg, you can close that loop for us, uh, Ed. Well, it's a really weird kind of story. In the 2007 Great Cup, as everybody knows, Kevin Glenn got hurt in the Eastern Final and and wasn't able to play. So the bomber starting quarterback in that game was Ryan Dinwiddie, who's now the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts. And his two backups who hadn't thrown a pass all year for the Bombers are Zach Taylor, who's now the Cincinnati Bengals head coach, and Cliff Kingsbury, who's now the Arizona Cardinals coach. So it's just, it's wild. I guess people come up here not only to to learn to play the game, but maybe to coach it too. And we've seen that many times before. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, We love stories that uh, connect back to our city. And uh, this is one I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. The legend of Chris Streveler, such as it is. Ed Tate, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate you having me on, boys. Have a good day. 913 on 680 CJOB. If you want to read Ed Tate's article at bluebombers.com, we have linked it to our 680 CJOB Instagram story where Ed goes down Strebler's numbers and his impact and some speculation on the new number two and number three in Winnipeg. Weekend of, I want to say it was around December 15th, I think. I went for a walk. We had, uh, it was Saturday, December 14th, actually, because two days earlier we had Chris in from Vogue Sportswear because he teamed up with Josh Morrissey for this special edition Winnipeg Jets hat that was in support of charity. So I went to, I walked over to the Jet store on Portage and then I walked to the Forks to do some Christmas shopping and then I walked back home. But it was cold. It was minus 23 that day. And with the wind chill, I think it was minus 35. So I stopped and Took a goofy selfie of my frozen face, of my frosty face, as it were. (laughs) And then someone said, you should tag frosty face Manitoba on Instagram. So I did. And they have since reposted that picture to their account, frosty face Manitoba or at frosty face MB. And in studio with us, we have the founder of Frosty Face Manitoba, Chris Bovelang, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Chris, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So you, this, I love this page, uh, Frosty Face Manitoba, because you don't just take pictures that people have posted uh, from their frigid adventures, but you've got all kinds of uh, stuff about, you have different sort of, Definitions like Manitoba mascara and snotsicle, and we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into all of that. But why the love of having a frosty face in Manitoba? Uh, well, winter has always been pretty easy for me. I, I really love it, but uh, I've always. Uh, sort of recognize it can be difficult for people. Uh, But this project started because I was inspired by seeing people out and about and just loving this province and this city. Uh, So it grew out of that, and I just wanted to host a page where everyone could 
uh, send me their pictures of their builds or their skating rinks that they made, but especially their frosty face because I love that image of like the smile in a really cold environment. And if we could like share that, you know, sort of the world, the people look and see, wow, you know, people in Winnipeg, it's minus 35 and it's pretty awesome out there. Yeah, like if you go to our 680CJOB Instagram story, I've linked his post to our story where you can see the, the the neck warmer and face warmer that I have is covered in frost. My toque, my CJOB toque is covered in frost. My headphones that I'm wearing are barely hanging on because it was cold, <laughs> but I enjoy those frigid walks provided the wind isn't too punishing. And it, based on your account here, uh, pictures of Becca and Corey, and there's a picture of a dog named Jackson who's who's all frosty. There are a lot of people who like to get out there and enjoy it. Yeah, and I, you know, the winter can be really long, and I, I find that if you embrace it or if you at least understand it, uh, then the season seems to, to, to sort of slip by a lot faster. And, and I really want people to start understanding that there is so much going on in Winnipeg that you don't just have to hunker down. If you want to, if you want to binge watch Netflix, that's cool too. But there is options available to really enjoy our city every day of the year. Okay, how's your uh, how's your snow fort coming along? Uh, it was good until uh, the kids hit it. Uh, oh, no. Kids ruin everything. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard that? I, yeah, I've often said that, uh, you know, if you want to test something, just... Put uh, put a bunch of kids in a room and tell them not to touch it, and then uh, <laughs> see if it's uh, really durable. Uh, but it's fine. I mean, it's a snow fort, and that's what it's meant to do. So I've got a little fixing to do on that, and I'm going to see if I can put a roof on it, and then maybe try and sleep in it overnight. That would be something else. Uh, have you always loved winter, Chris? I have. I grew up in Calgary, so I was not unfamiliar with winter, but I never really experienced winter until I came to Manitoba, and I kind of love it because you know, in it in fall, it sort of starts to get a little bit cold, but then once winter hits, it hits. And you can get rid of your spring, you can get rid of your fall clothing, you can get rid of your summer clothing, and you just get out your toboggan, and you know it's going to be cold in the morning. Just get up and go. You have, as mentioned, we posted a number of definitions. What is SNEEP? So SNEEP, um, I really wanted to sort of start building a vocabulary with different words and different experiences. I think we all know them. You know, when when your kid throws a snowball down your back and you get sort of that like ice coming down <laughs> your back. Well, like that's like, you know, I don't know, a necky or something. I just want to uh, uh, make words that are kind of fun that people can identify with. And so SNEEP was just a... Um, a combination of creep and snow, and it happens in really cold weather when you put up, uh, say, when you're building an igloo, and it sort of just starts to bend. And you can see it a lot of times in the eaves, but it's something that happens in cold climates to snow, where it just sort of almost looks like a frozen wave. Now, I think I remember Renee Zellweger once upon a time telling the story about filming a movie here in Winnipeg in winter and calling it a snotsicle or something yeah. similar. You have... Uh, you're, you're taking ownership of that word. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I've got snotsicle. Uh, to me, there's sort of different categories because uh, you get the, the unicorn, which is the single. You get the walrus where you get the two. And then what I get, I just get some sort of, I call it the messy pumpkin face where it just sort of looks like a pumpkin carving, just ice flowing down from my whole upper lip. So it's kind of fun. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different approaches. You have a magnificent beard, by the way, and your, your picture uh, that is showcased is spectacular. But that, yeah, the, the snotsicle is something that I deal with probably a bit more than most because I have general sort of allergies and blowing my nose <laughs> a lot. And whenever I go outside in the cold, that's the, the probably the main drawback is I have to blow my nose constantly, which is unfortunate. Another one that, I, that I'm curious about, Manitoba Mascara. What is that? 
Yeah, so Manitoba, Manitoba mascara is this uh, this wonderful thing that is uh, makeup for both men and women. It's uh, <laughs> I can't get it, and I'm really jealous of people that that sort of have these beautiful lashes. Uh, and you sometimes I sometimes get these images, um, especially women with the long lashes that just get huge. Uh, crusts of snow on on their lashes, and it sort of uh, silhouettes the eyes, and I really love that. Um, I had originally posted that as uh, Peg City Mascara, and I was actually corrected, and that's part of the site, is that people come in and they, you know, they interact and they tell me, no, that was actually, that's actually uh, Manitoba Mascara. So I changed it, and uh, that's what it is now. Well, and it's, you say you're jealous, but it's not necessarily a good thing. Like whenever my <laughs> eyelashes get that cold, they sometimes freeze shut. Yeah, they I do. Yeah, like where I where I have to like kind of really work to crack my eyes open again. So I'm, I'm trying to look. You, you do have uh, longish lashes, don't you? They're, they're just long enough, I guess. Yeah, and uh, Chris, not so much. Is that, the, is that the thing? No, I don't get my lashes at all. But you're talking about my beard. The problem with my beard is that it, it actually freezes shut sometimes, so I can't open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Which, your kids really hate. That. Well, I was going to say my wife, I think, is a big fan. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Uh, th- this is a, uh, a great follow on Instagram, and the whole idea of celebrating winter is something that we've been discussing maybe from the first uh, show Brett and I ever did together over three years ago. And just celebrating Manitoba overall has become very fashionable, don't you think? Yeah, we... It, I feel like, uh, especially Winnipeg has, has gone through this sort of love-hate, and we're kind of coming out of that to just say, you know, this is a great province, and let's sort of celebrate and find something great about, uh, and it's not hard to do, but find something great about Winnipeg and Manitoba every single day. Well, we invite you to follow Frosty Face Manitoba on Instagram, Frosty Face MB, because there are, there, is, there are dozens of these definitions, and every single one of them creates that immediate image, like when you described the sneep, the snowball on the back, and then I could feel the ice and the snow sort of dripping down my back. And in some cases, the memories are pleasant and in others, they're not so pleasant, mm-hmm. but it's what part of, it's part of what makes us Manitoban. And what's the, do you have a threshold for how cold or how windy it has to be to say, no, I'm not doing this. You know, I really, I, I'm not here to, uh, to judge or, or to shame people into loving winter. Uh, that's really a choice. Uh, what I find for me is that I really am trying to get people to understand winter. So I don't, I have not hit my threshold yet, but you know, if someone finds minus 10 cold, then, you know, go in for a hot chocolate. That's totally cool. What I want people to start understanding is that you can find a way to make it happen. So for me, when it gets uh, minus 15, to me, that's cold. Minus 20 is another sweater. And I find it, you know, it's actually pretty easy for me to deal with because as long as you've got a windbreaking jacket, you can you can just layer up. Uh, so that's how I approach it. Uh, but I, what I really want is just for people to, to to see and understand, and then be able to say, I can I can enjoy even even if it's from the sidelines. Yeah, well, I love the Paul Maurice's famous quote when uh, someone from the press asked him the idea about how are you going to attract players to come to Winnipeg and stay here, and and his thought was just basically get a thicker coat, yeah. and, and that's really that's all you need, and then you can you can deal with it. In fact, if you are the right type of person, you can do what you're doing, Chris, and that's to to sell. Celebrate it and take it to an entirely different level of love and affection. 
Yeah, and it's, it's hard also to to tell people, like, you know, just wear a jacket. Because, you know, Brett, when you're out uh, running, you're wearing fewer layers than if you're just standing at a bus stop. And I think that's really part of what I'm trying to do is to try and understand winter. And so if it's cold and you know your threshold, then you're going to put on an extra layer or you're going to take an extra layer off. But either way, you're going to sort of love Winnipeg and love Manitoba and get out and enjoy it. You'll find them on Instagram at FrostyFaceMB, FrostyFaceManitoba. The hashtag is FrostyFaceMB. Chris Beauvillain is his name. Chris, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me. This was fun. If you want to follow us on Instagram, by the way, at 680CJOB, at GMACWPG, or at Brett McGarry. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.